I'm Zachary Cartwright. This is Water and Food. Water dictates the microbiological and chemical stability of peat. Quality control and quality assurance is, can, can vary with, with geographies. Uh, there is a trend now that the water activity is being measured and that is also used to make the decisions for shelf life. It, it has implications on brands, so people are taking it seriously. Today, I'm joined by Prince Nanda, who is the Global Program Manager at Trout Nutrition. As the Animal Health Division of Nutreco, Trout Nutrition is a global leader in innovative animal feed specialties, premixes, and nutritional services in the animal nutrition industry. Trout Nutrition is known for providing species-specific nutritional solutions, and Prince is here today to discuss why water is important in the animal feed industry. Hey Prince, welcome to the show. Thanks, Zachary. Happy to be here. And Prince, where are you joining us from today? I'm based in the Netherlands, and uh, that's where I'm joining from. And uh, you recently invited me to speak during one of your mini courses on feed processing, quality, and shelf life management. Uh, I really appreciate you returning the favor and joining Water and Food. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that webinar and, and what your goal uh, was for it. Yeah, sure. I think now a couple of months already since we, we did that mini course. So in our industry, we do a lot of these webinars to educate our customers, but also to, to, to share different kinds of content. This was a little bit different where we did series of two webinars, also inviting different players and you were uh, one of the one of the uh, guest speakers we we had more than 3000 registrations that was sort of even overwhelming uh, sometimes with with participations from close to 100 countries and that went on well the overall objective was focusing on feed safety but more specifically on shelf life and moisture management so in one of the sessions, we talk about water activity also, and I believe we'll also be talking a little bit more in this podcast as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into those things a, a little bit more um, in just a, a little bit. And I, I was wondering what your title is. So you're a global program manager. What does your job entail? What does that role mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. Before going into that, uh, yeah, program management. I see that's uh, not a usual uh, a title, uh, but what we say or describe program management as uh, sort of a bridge between the operating companies which we have around the world, uh, which are closer to our customers, and our technology center, research and development centers uh, around the world. So I sort of act as a bridge between uh, customer needs and our solutions. And more specifically, um, I'm part of feed safety team based here in the Netherlands, and we are very much focused on uh, moisture management, uh, shelf life management, and salmonella control for all kinds of species, be it poultry, swine, ruminants, aqua, and even pet food. So yeah, that's a, that's a little bit of background about my position. And how did you end up at, at Trout Nutrition? What, what's your background in and, and what makes you excited about coming to your job? Oh, yeah. Multiple things, actually. The first and foremost thing which I was uh, really interested was, which really intrigued me, was the purpose of this company, which is Feeding the Future. And this really acts as a guiding principle for everything what we do at this company. So how can we feed 10 billion people in 2050. That's what everything uh, we, we care about. So all of our strategies is based on this particular purpose. So that really intrigued me and, and I, that I still feel motivated by this. The other part was, since we are headquartered in the Netherlands, 
and which has always been world renowned for sustainable agriculture. And even now, this part of the world is front runner in green technologies. So that was the other part of it. And third is more personal, I think, which is my particular job. I, I, I really like cross between different things. For example, my job, uh, in, in my particular job, I deal with blends. So I have to learn a little bit about chemistry and there is a preservation of feed. So there is a feed technology involved. And of course, then there is a microbiology part uh, because of the shelf life mold salmonella. And then in the end, it ends up with the health and nutrition of the animals, but sometimes even extend to humans. So that really fascinates me. And these were the reasons I really joined this particular company and still going strong. And what brought you to Trout Nutrition? Did you go to school and and study animal feed or or how did you get interested in, in this specific field? Yeah, I'm a veterinarian by education. So I studied veterinary sciences back in India. And uh, to be honest, I was not a very good traditional vet, so to say. So I was more interested in the economic side of the things. And that's why I ended up doing a degree in business management after my veterinary sciences. And then as it turns out, then I, I, I was into corporate sector where I was always mixing this this economics of different businesses with the economics of our farmers. And I have always been into feed safety, more or less. So that's how I ended up in this realm. And I'm always the, the other, other part of my personality is I'm interested in technology and feed processing and technology. That part really fascinates me. And that's that, that that's why I'm interested in this. And what are the things that Trial Nutrition is doing that makes it a leader in this field? To, to sum it up, I think to have a holistic view. When I started saying with feeding the future, it's a difficult challenge, which which includes different different things, supply chains, farmers, climate. So there are a lot of things involved in feeding the future. In order to do that, a lot of organizations are working towards that goal, but we really need to have a holistic vision, uh, which includes multiple direction. And that's what I think Trout Nutrition is a little bit uniquely positioned there to have that willingness and resources to have that holistic point of view. Uh, just to mention the uh, Trout Nutrition nearly invests like 20 million uh, euros in research and development each year and also doing a lot of validation uh, trials in different parts of the world. So I think that that makes Trout Nutrition uh, unique. For example, we recently concluded, I think yesterday, we concluded AgriVision 2021, uh, which is one of a kind event. It's a mega event, which is organized by Trout Nutrition, but we invite uh, different leaders of different companies that how to to share their vision on agriculture in the coming years. How can we make this uh, value chain from feed to fork, as we say, uh, more sustainable? That was a very interesting event, which we just concluded. So all these things, I think, um, make our Crown Nutrition an exciting place to work. And on this journey from feed to fork, um, what is the role of water? And, and why is water important to the animal feed industry? That's a, that's a good question. Um, water is, of course, a nutrient. And it is many a times treated as a nutrient, but is often also included ignored in diet formulations. So from the nutrient perspective, it's, it's, it's of course very important, but, but there are specific things which comes to my mind when the importance of water, when, when we have to describe the importance of water. That is the nutrient concentration. So water directly has an impact on 
the nutrient concentration of other ingredients. So it can on its own make the feed more nutrient dense or less nutrient dense. So that's, I think, the number one point for productivity perspective. But also, water dictates the microbiological and chemical stability of feed and other raw materials also. And that's very important uh, because this feed is transported at different parts of the world. So it should be really microbiologically and chemically stable to the extent that it is formulated. The animals should get the, the, the same nutrition. And this is then linked to, of course, in today's connected world to the brand presence because we have bigger corporates around the world and anything when whether it is mold contamination or salmonella, which is a big, a big issue around the world, it, it has implications on brands. So people are taking it seriously as well. Then lesser talked about issue related to water is feed processing, that it has impact on feed processing. Now, whether that is starch gelatinization or even the throughput or, and, and the energy consumption of the pelletizer, which is used in, uh, in, in many feed mills. To the final pellets, like how the look and feel of those pellets, the durability of that pellet. So these are the aspects I think which uh, which which moisture has a role to play, uh, multiple angles again. And just to sum it up, so kind of the the top three are the nutrient density, uh, the effects on microbial spoilage, as well as just the the effects of, of on processing. And you said that uh, a lot of companies maybe don't keep that in mind. And because of all of these effects, how is water measured in in your industry? Is it primarily focused on moisture content and if so, what are the methods that are used to measure moisture content? Moisture is, is measured in industry and it depends on which part of the world we are and what is the level of a particular feed mill because the quality control and quality assurance is, can, can vary with, with geographies. But in general, moisture is measured, I think, through, throughout the world. It depends where we measure it. At least it is measured at the end of the production chain, that is before bagging or during bagging, as they say. But more mature feed mills measure it during the entire processing. So they start with raw materials, important, crucial raw materials. And then during the processing, that means before a heating step. So usually there is a heating step producing feed. And then after the heating heating step, and then um, after drying or cooling. These are the places where usually uh, moisture is measured. And, and how is it being measured, Prince? What, what methods are being used? So again, there are multiple methods which are, which are used depending on the need, but how we can, usually we see there are some primary methods. Primary method in case of feed mills is usually uh, some sort of loss of drying, um, usually oven method. And that's what we see, uh, but but as we know, oven method is it, it takes a lot of time. So many people tend to use halogen or uh, infrared analyzers as well. But more and more now, modern feed mills have shifted towards NIR, which is a secondary method, but uh, also works very well, especially in a production setting when you have to measure it very quickly. So that's the trend we see, and more and more bigger feed mills are uh, using NIR. And besides NIR and, and um, drying and, and halogen bulbs, do you see any companies starting key to use water activity uh, to make measurements and relate that back to microbial safety and, and processing and the other things that you mentioned before? 
certainly, what we see the, in the extruded feed, uh, water activity was measured for quite some time now. So think of aqua feed and pet food. Um, people are more aware and the industry is measuring now water activity for quite some time now. But even within the agri feeds with the other animal feed, there is a trend now that the water activity is being measured and that is also used to make the decisions for shelf life. For example, we, we did a we made, we made a sort of a model in Latin America for one of our customers based on their corn and we measured the water activity of their different corn samples and then try to predict the shelf life of that corn in their silos. So so indeed now people are uh, moving and using water activity for shelf life as well. Yeah. And why aren't more and more companies starting um, to use water activity or do you see a trend of other companies using this measurement primarily for shelf life and, and safety or, or what is the driving force behind using water activity? One of the driving force for this is um, because within sometimes water activity is even easier to measure than, than moisture. And it says a lot about microbial and chemical stability of the feed. So I think these are the factors why people consider uh, water activity. And moreover, we know sometimes using only moisture to guide your decisions on shelf life and to do packaging and other microbial uh, factors can be misleading. So it's, it's important and that's how we educate our customers also on that water activity is more reliable than moisture to, to make the decisions on shelf life. And if you're not using water activity to make predictions about shelf life, what does a general shelf life study look like um, for animal feed and, and how long can that take? How we, so, so there is no standard method. Uh, I, at least I'm not aware of that. There is a standard method to measure the shelf life uh, within feed. But what at Trout Nutrition, what we have developed internally is to, to develop the shelf life um, to, to try to predict the shelf life in a stressed way. So we keep the feed under the stressed environment at a high temperature, elevated temperature, elevated humidity, so that the molds and other foliage organisms have the chance to grow and they can grow quickly. And based on that, we predict the shelf life of the feed in the actual environment. This is a pretty good method to compare to to treatments when we are testing something, let's say a blend of organic acids, if we're testing it, and then uh, then we have a fair estimation that how this particular product will look like in actual conditions. And I, I think you're right, um, Prince, there's no uh, specific method, and, and I see this all the time in, in the food industry, there's no one method for shelf life, but it is very common to use some extreme conditions and then monitor chemical or biological or physical changes um, that happen, but it, it can take a, a really long time, um, months or, or maybe even years to look at shelf life. And I do think that is a, a huge advantage for your industry, being able to use water activity um, in addition to a, a moisture sorption isotherm and make some predictions about shelf life and what packaging that you should use and, and so on. Do you guys work on these shelf life challenges with other companies? Do you sit down with clients and help them to increase shelf life? Or, or what does that process look like? And how do you find clients uh, to work with at Trail Nutrition? Yeah, all, all the time, I think, especially in tropical countries, when um, where there are there is longer supply chains, 
usually longer supply chains and uh, relative humidity is also higher temperatures are also not favorable especially in that part of the world what we see is there is always a need uh, or a constant need to improve the shelf life it, it comes in many many ways but one of the common ways is to increase the shelf life of the feed so for example as of now that's like uh, three months and then there is a need to increase it to six months so maybe a customer want to to reach faraway markets that can be export market or something so that's how usually um, that's how we identify that need what we currently do is that our current practice is that we take the samples of the that, that particular feed and we test it in our lab for different microbiological parameters uh, sometime even the antioxidant levels and then we find a suitable product depending on their other needs because they may have other needs than shelf life as well and then we try to treat that particular product in laboratory conditions but we try to mimic practical conditions and then see can we extend the shelf life in um, in accelerated conditions and based on that we make an offer to them so this is a uh, modus operandi more or less for shelf life and beyond shelf life is there anything new that you're working on at trail nutrition that, that you'd like to share with us maybe a, a new technology or new solution something that you're excited about that you can talk about on the podcast yes certainly since we are talking about shelf life uh, i would like to talk about we discussed about multiple methods on for to measure moisture management let's say one of the challenges with these methods is that they are all are more or less very labor intensive and they all are reactive in nature so there is a, some time gap between the decision making and analysis so what we are trying to do now with one of our offerings we have a sensor inside the process as we say an inline sensor which uh, as of now currently only measures the moisture but we would love to extend the functionality at some point in time to water activity but that measures the uh, moisture in line and then corrects the moisture on a real-time basis so that's something which we are offering to our customers as a part of our solution that that's related to uh, shelf life uh, per se but in general trout nutrition is active in multiple directions we, we we are fascinated about feeding the future like i mentioned earlier within that uh, we are working a lot on antibiotics reduction that's one of the biggest challenge world faces in uh, in relation to feeding the future as i was reading the other day the world health organization predicts that by 2050 more people will die of uh, antibiotic resistant bacterial infection then of cancer so that's really an important issue and with our products and solution we are trying to reduce that how we can find the alternate of antibiotics so that's something which which comes to my mind and also my colleagues in the feed safety team they're working on circular agriculture uh, that means we are preserving food waste with the different mega corporations we are working with them and preserving uh, their food byproducts like we say to uh, we like to say them now and preserve them and take them to the animals in 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 a in a way that they're perfectly palatable to the animals so these are the things which uh, which which we are trying to find uh, uh, in in future and currently working on them and if any of these uh, caught the attention of a, a listener and they'd like to learn more about uh, you or, or Trout Nutrition, or, or maybe even apply to be on your team, wh where can they look? What's the best way to get a hold of you or your company? Yep, we, we recently redesigned our website. 
I think that would be the best source to start, uh, which is called as trownutrition.com, trow as in T-R-O-U-W, nutrition.com. And uh, we are present in more than 100 countries in the world. So if you find a, a representative in your area, please uh, reach out to him or her. Uh, that would be the best way. Well, thank you so much, Prince. I, I really appreciate your time. Um, it's, it's been really fun to be able to do some webinars with you and, and finally get you on the show. And I, I really look forward to working with you more in the future. So thanks again and, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for having me, Zachary. Indeed, uh, I think this is a fascinating world and the kind of discussions uh, this generate. And hopefully we together are, um, uh, have some contribution towards feeding the future. I'm Zachary Cartwright. This is Water and Food. Find this podcast on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.